Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. comes out of my mouth, Lord, help it to be you speaking through me, not me speaking. Thank you. Amen. Um, 32 years ago in December, I became a widow, and uh, I had never been dependent on anybody except my husband and my daddy before I got married, so I didn't know how to be dependent on God because I'd never really asked him for anything. I was a Christian and had been since I was eight years old. But as far as being totally dependent on God, I wasn't. I mean, I took church for granted. Um, it was just a way of life. But when my husband died and I became de- totally dependent, I began to go into the Word, and I said, God, i got to see that what the Word says is true. Now, that may sound arrogant to y'all, but that's just who I am. And uh, my husband died in December, and in February, I had a little tiny shop that um, in February in the mountains, we don't have a lot of tourists, so the, the money wasn't coming in that much. But in February, my light bill was $350, and I didn't have it. And I could have gone to my daddy and asked my daddy for it, and he would have given it to me. I could have gone to the Power and Light Company and asked for an extension. We had good credit. They would have given it to me. But it told me in Isaiah that God would be a husband to me. And if he was to be a husband to me, that meant that he would pay my bills. I'd never had to worry about a light bill before. So I wanted to see if it was true. So I asked him to show me. Well, the day that the light bill was to be, the lights were to be cut off at 5 o'clock that afternoon if I didn't pay for them. I didn't pay for it. Um, The money hadn't come in at 3 o'clock. And did I have a lot of faith? No. But all I was doing was standing and saying, if you're who you said you were, you got to prove it to me. At 3 o'clock that afternoon, the store that I had where my shop was, there was a picture window on the side over here, and then it came around, and there was two windows in front, and then the restaurant was beside me. And I looked out, glanced out the window, and there was a man coming around the side. And it didn't dawn on me he was coming in my store because my store was a gift shop, and very few men came in. And so I didn't think that he was coming in there. But he opened the door to my shop, 
and he walked in, and at that time I was making Cabbage Patch, those little Cabbage Patch dolls, and they sold for $45 a piece. And the man didn't say a word to me. He just started putting dolls on the counter. He put eight dolls on my counter. Do your math. That's $360. My light bill was $350. I, my light bill was paid. I cried all the way to Nanahala Power and Light Company, and I knew God's word was true. I knew that I could depend on him and what he said was exactly what he would do. You would think that after that I was this great woman of faith. It has been a roller coaster ride. I mean, I'm me. I'm human. But a year and a half ago, I uh, began to have this, it was just unsettling inside of me, and I knew something was wrong. And I had read in the, the word where the outside of the cup is clean, but the inside's dirty. And I began to pray and ask God, God, what is wrong? What? I just can't get close enough to you. What is wrong with me? What can I do to get closer? And I began to read in the Word, and it was not by might, not by power, but by me, saith the Lord. And he said, just like he was talking to me, it was like, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. He said, Linda, you don't spend enough time with me. You are like a wife going to work in the morning. You peck your husband on the cheek and say, I love you, and out the door you go. You come in at night, you're tired. You don't spend time with me. You listen to tapes. You listen to Christian radio. You listen to, you, you read books. You listen to this one and that one. You listen to the preacher. But it's sort of like somebody sitting at a table with a steak. The person's eating the steak and they're telling you what the steak tastes like. But you don't know because you haven't tasted it. And he said, if you'll spend time in my word, you'll know me better and you'll know who I am. So I committed it that, that morning and I said, Lord, I will spend, I promise you, I will spend 15 minutes a day in the word and I will spend 15 minutes a day in prayer. And I began to do this and... The 15 minutes turned into 30 minutes. The 30 minutes turned into 45 minutes. And I began to really hear his voice. When I would pray, it, when I would pray for our country, and I, as all of you know, our country's in a mess, but I read in the Word, it says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I'll hear their prayer and I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. So I knew that I could criticize, I could do all this stuff, but I needed to get myself right. And when I got myself right and I got to know God better, then he would show me what I could do to make this country better what I could do to make my family better. I began to pray for my, my children, for my grandchildren, and they took, it took on a different way of praying because I began to pray the Word. 
I didn't just say bless somebody. I'd say, Lord, you tell me in your word that you'll do such and such. And God, I expect you to do it because you tell me in your word it's impossible for you to tell a lie. So I, as I was, this was like there was something changed in me and the word started just popping out. I would hear God speak. It says, if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. I would need wisdom at work. And all of a sudden, I would get that wisdom. But it was because I was in the word. The word in in Timothy, we see that study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All scripture is given for, is inspired by God and it's given to us for reproof, for correction, for a way to live. So I begin to take that word, take it literally. But I also begin, I couldn't get enough of it. It was like I was eating that steak. I could tell you what that steak tasted like. I didn't have to have the preacher tell me what it tasted like. I knew. And so I challenge you as a church, I challenge you as a people, to ask yourself, and you don't have to tell me. I mean, that's it's none of my business. But I ask you, how much time have you spent in the Word this week? How much time did you spend in the Word last week? Not how much time you went to church. That don't mean a thing. I was in church every time the door opened. But I wasn't where I should be with God. That cup on the inside needed to be cleaned. I hadn't done any kind of bad sins, but I had done the sin of omission. I omitted the word of God, which was the most important thing. And I remembered as I began to read and begin to study the word, I remember back years ago when I was doing some substitute teaching and I taught a biology class. And it, they, in the biology class, there was talking about the difference in the leaves. Every leaf on the tree out here is different. Every snowflake is different. Every raindrop is different. And then I go into the Word, and it says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew me before I was ever formed. He, he ordered my steps. And in working with my arts and crafts, in art, if I have an original masterpiece in my store, it is worth more than the prints. That original is something that people want. That's a collectible something. We today as Christians are prints. We look just like everybody else. And God is telling us, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to be different. Each one of us here has something that God has given you to do. And I used to write for a little internet newspaper. I used to write short stories. And it's been about 10 years ago, and I didn't understand the little... It was just in my mind's eye. I saw a concrete sidewalk. And in that, there was a crack in it, and this little blade of grass was... Or a little blade of green shoot was coming up and as that shoot began to grow the crack got bigger and it became the most beautiful flower and people from all over were coming to see that flower well I pushed it out of my mind didn't think anything about it didn't make sense to me at the time 
But this past week, after Robin called me and asked me if I would speak, that came to my mind. That shoot has to have the, the nourishment coming from a bigger root. And most of the time, I went to the Internet and I looked, most of the time there's a tree somewhere, and it's getting its life from that tree. And as that thing grows, it has so much power in it from that life that it begins to push that concrete. And that is where that flower came from. So if you draw your strength from that tree of life, then that, con that hard concrete, that hardness, we're like onions. I was like an onion. You pull the, the la layers off. God showed me that I had a layer of anger. He pulled that off. I had a layer of hurt. He pulled that off. And the strange thing was, as he was pulling it off, I began to cry. I'm not, and, and Robin can tell you, I'm not one that sits around and cries. If there's something that has to be done, I don't cry about it. I get up and do it. And so I couldn't understand, God, why when I pick up the Bible do I want to cry? I just sit there and just weep. And it was because God was healing me. When he'd pull this, this layer off, the anger would go. And he showed me that when I was growing up, my dad was an alcoholic. My dad was very abusive when he would get drunk. So he liked to, when we got whippings, I mean, we got beatings. It wasn't just a whipping. And I was determined he would never see me cry. I was so angry at him for hitting me when I didn't do anything that I certainly wasn't going to cry. And God showed me that that was one part of the stuff that needed to come off. You got to cry. It's okay to say it hurts when you do that to me. So if you've got that layer, you need to pull it off, ask God to take it off. And as he begins to heal, then the ground begins to get to where if you've ever tilled a garden where it's soft, then you need the, the tears to water it. And the, the green stuff begins to grow. So I don't really and truly, I don't know how to tell you that anything that God's given me except you just need to be in the Word. And you say, okay, you're in the Word. You're doing what God wants you to do. Everything now should be just roses. No. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. During this time, this year and a half, my mom has Alzheimer's. She doesn't know me half the time. It's hard. Do I pray that my mom will get better? No. My mom's 94. I pray that God will take her. Because I know that she's tired. And I know she's ready to go. And I know I'll see her again. And I know it's okay. Will I miss her? Yes. But for my mom's sake, it's better if she goes on. And I'll show you how God does me. I, if some of you know that I have a problem with sometimes my temper. 
and God was showing me that that had to be taken care of also. I was at a choir, I sing in the choir at our church, and at times we wear robes, and we have our own numbers, and we go get our number, and we put on our robe, and we were doing a, a choir special one night, and I got my robe and put it on, and this one lady in the choir, I never have particularly liked her. I just stay out of her way, and she stays out of mine, and we get along. But anyway, she comes in, and the first thing she said was somebody had her robe. Who had her robe? I did. That was bad enough, but she pitched a little fit at me right in front of God and everybody, and I couldn't say anything because I was in church. But I really wanted to, and God knew I wanted to. So I go out of the church. That I went through the whole service, and I was, oh, I was mad. And I thought, if I can get out of here, I'll never come back again. I will not sing in this choir anymore. I don't have to be treated like that. I mean, I'm just, this is what was going through my mind. So I go home and still mad. And our choir director called me and she said, Linda, I am so sorry. She said, uh, is there anything I can do? And I said, no, Janet, I'm just not coming back anymore. And she said, please don't do that. Pray about it. So I begin to halfway pray. God, I think you should take care of her. I mean, I didn't. And... Uh, God didn't say anything. He didn't say, tell me how bad I was. He didn't say anything. The next day I went to work, and at about 2 o'clock, God said, Linda, I want you to call Mitty and tell her you're sorry. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> and he said, I want you to call her and tell her you're sorry. And I said, God, I'm not going to do that. I didn't do anything. I did not do anything. She needs to call me. And he said, well, you don't have to call her. It's not, not a big sin if you don't. You don't have to. But you told me you wanted to be like me, and that's what I would do. So I called her, and I told her I was sorry. She didn't tell me she was sorry. <laughs> she acted like I should have called her and told her I was sorry. But when I got off the phone, it was like a weight had been lifted off me, and I had obeyed. And the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So I, there's times when you get close to God and you actually are doing things maybe that, you don't want to do. There's times when you can snuggle up to him and just love him. And there's times like Mitty when you say, God, are you sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> but that is God. And I can tell you this, you can trust him. I've never had a need he didn't meet. I could write a book on the times that God has supplied my needs. And I can tell you something else. When I saw, heard the man talk about the tithing, take my word for it, you can't outgive God. 
The more you give him, the more he's going to bless you. But you got to give it, not expecting him to do it. Just because there's sometimes when you just see a need that you just say, okay, I just want to do it. And to show you how God works tra- something through tra- a blessing through tragedy, this past week in, in Franklin, we had a tragedy. We had a young boy that had been a member of our church that uh, had got into trouble. It was really he was into trouble from the time he was eight years old, and our church had tried to help him, and people in our church had tried to help him. And uh, we just, nobody could. Nobody could reach him. And so he was put in, into prison, and uh, he escaped went into one of our church members' uh, homes, killed her, and burned her house down. And this church member was my sister's best friend. And the reason I say this, my sister and I had been estranged since my mom went, had got Alzheimer's and went to live with another sister. She didn't speak to me. She didn't speak to any of us. She was very upset. And when I heard about Andrew escaping and how that they thought he had killed Day Williamson, I was real concerned for my sister. And I couldn't, I'd heard it at church, and I just couldn't keep my mind on, on anything. So when I got home, it was like God was saying, call Cindy. And I said, God, she won't talk to me. She doesn't even answer the phone if any of us try to call but he said, I want you to call her. So I called her, and she answered the phone. And I told her, Cindy, or I asked her, Cindy, are you okay? And at first, that little, it's like you could almost feel a little bit of resentment, she said, why wouldn't I be? And I said, I don't know. I heard about Andrew, and I just wanted you to know that I was concerned about you. And also that if y'all were a little bit leery about staying in your house because he knew where they lived, that you could come here and stay, that I have an extra bed. And that broke the ice. And she said, thank you. So I went to the funeral, and I realized that Cindy was sitting by herself. And I walked down and sat beside her. And it was like she was the old Cindy. And I was the old Linda, and I was the sister trying to say, I'm here if you need me. But I do want you to pray as a church. I would ask you to pray for the uh, daddy of the boy that, that killed this lady, was adopted by a family there in our church. And uh, Darren is broken. At the funeral, the family of days seemed to be okay. But I looked over, and I saw a broken man. And all I could do was go when it was over and just hold him and say, I love you. So when you pray, pray for Darren Cochran because he needs your prayers. And I, again, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you, and I hope that you got a little something out of it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at 
www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.